Hello, welcome to another episode of Threshold Conversations. Um, I'm excited to be joined again by my amazing friend and brother, Ethan Ojitaya. Thank you for joining us. Glad to be here again. Thanks for inviting me back. Yay, we're excited to have you. Um, so we'll be talking today about um, Christians and pop culture and I reached out to Ethan because again I just think there's so much um, wisdom and insight that he could offer in navigating this whole scope so I really hope that um, yeah this really just helps as you listen just to think through what pop culture is and how do we as Christians engage in that um, so just to start us off I heard a quote by a guest on the Jude 3 podcast are you familiar with that podcast? Yes, I am. I, I think I've only maybe listened to one. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. But I'm, I'm familiar with it. I, I think I was introduced to it from listening to um, the ladies at Truth Table. They yeah. invited her on. Yes, yes. Lisa Fields. That's, that's how I actually knew about, about it. Oh, yay. That's <laughs> awesome. Great. Um, yeah, so that's a great podcast, by the way. I will also just link information to that. Um, but I heard a quote from one of the speakers, I believe it's Dr. Bobo, um, and he said that if you're familiar with many things in a culture, it will serve you well. So the quote was more um, towards Christians um, needing to read more books, but I think it could also be applied to other areas of culture. Um, so when you think about that, do you think that Christians can witness without being familiar and you can kind of talk about what you think that quote means to you if it gives a different meaning um again if you're familiar with many things in a culture it will serve you well so can we be witnesses you know in our culture to our neighbors without being familiar um i don't think we can actually i think i think i think i agree with the quote i think um i think there isn't because this is why I think it's ultimately that they're ultimately true because I think ultimately even God's word uh, God revealed his word to us by that I mean scripture itself revealed mm. it to us in, in the context of culture mm. in the context of lived history and so so we can't communicate even God himself didn't communicate with us in sort of in a vacuum mm. uh, he used the history of the people that he's talking to, the, the Abraham's history and his contact with the people he knows. And when he revealed himself to the people of Israel and when Sinai, it was within the context of what they know and, and what they're familiar with. And mm-hmm. so we can we can talk about the gospel outside of the context of where people live and their culture and what they know to be, what they know to be true and the languages they use. That's why the Bible is written in the natural language. Mm-hmm. Not like you know some strange heavenly language it's the everyday language of everyday people mm-hmm. uh, so in that regard we can't communicate the gospel either without understanding because that's part of what culture is it's understanding people's right. context and language not just the, the language itself but the way they use that language mm-hmm. and the import they have with the words they use and things like that so mm-hmm. I would say definitely I agree with that uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Um, definitely what you said about Jesus even revealing himself um, amongst 
the yeah in the context of culture like there's we can't get away from it um <laughs> it's all around us and you know just being knowledgeable um is important to know how you know to engage people how to start discussions what are people talking about um so do you think there is too much familiarity so i guess in terms of and we'll go deeper into this i'm sure along the way um too much familiarity um i think someone can hear this and say okay well we're supposed to engage in pop culture we're supposed to know what's going on well that means i'm going to read any book that means i'm going to watch any movie um that means i'm going to go to different places um because i want to know what's going on um you know is there such a thing as too much familiarity and if we are to know like you know what type of knowledge do we need yeah i wouldn't say i maybe i would phrase that in a different way i don't think there's anything that's too much familiarity Mm -hmm. with with a culture Mm -hmm. um um, there can be too much familiarity in terms of knowing the culture knowing how the culture works gotcha why it takes what people value in that culture Mm. You, you can be too familiar in that regard. There, there, but there could be too much um, affinity or maybe, maybe that's not even a good word to use, but uh, too much sort of um, simplicity with the culture. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, um, those are just sort of ways to sort of explain what I'm trying to say. Um, but what, what I mean by that is you, you can, knowing the culture itself, knowing what, why it takes, what makes it what is acceptable to it, the, the right. idolatry of the culture. Right. Um, gotcha. Because the difference from one culture to the other, to the other knowing mm-hmm. that really well, it's actually very useful, knowing that intimately useful to the way you communicate the right. gospel. You right. know what you need to talk about, what you need to address, especially from a place of, um, I'm, for example, now I'm in seminary, um, in training to be a pastor. I think for, for pastors, that's a really vital thing for pastors to know. They need to know the Bible really, really well to be able to explain it. But as much as they know the Bible, they need to know the culture in which they minister in. And they mm-hmm. the people they're preaching to. They need to know whether they're susceptible idolatry to those people in that culture so they can preach against those things. Mm-hmm. Those are always, the, there's never too much of that. Mm-hmm. But there could be too much of, um, of, of, of complicity with the culture. You can, you can be so married to the culture. Mm-hmm. Right. Sort of traverse between doing 
those two things without you know knowing the culture without sort of and ultimately being in part and parcel with the culture right what does it mean to be in the world but, but not, of, not the world. of the world right um yes. yeah and that's definitely um i think a way that we would kind of wrap everything up um towards the end but i think the distinction you you made and how to sit even situate this is very important having you know the structure having an understanding of how your society works um you know we cannot i agree with the quote too and i agree with what you're saying um that we can't separate ourselves um from this knowledge you know we can't for lack of a better word, just stay in a, you know, Christian bubble and just think that, okay, I don't have to, I don't want to know what they're doing or thinking we even already know or understand um, the way that culture works without properly doing that work of, yeah, doing that work of understanding, doing that work of being aware of even our immediate surroundings, whether that's local, whether that's, you know, on a global scale, whatever that looks like. Um, I agree that that's definitely important, um, you know, to witness, to, to start conversations, to, yeah, to know how to approach people um, in our society. So I thank you for that distinction. That's so appropriate. You've definitely made that distinction now, which goes into being in the world, but not of the world. And we can kind of talk about this a little bit, um, but Christians um, in the industry and particularly the entertainment industry, the question that often ar- arises is, is it okay for gospel artists to collaborate with with non-Christian artists? And this is not to talk about, you know, Christians who are mainstream. I think that's a completely um, other different thing. But I think to be very direct, we think about, you know, Tasha Cobbs and uh, Nicki Minaj. I don't know where she is, you know, in her faith, but um, I know that's one major concern for people when they think about this topic can christians engage with non-christians and you know entertainment or music whatever that is um yeah so for example like the example you just gave i think i think that ultimately there's no i can't say there's a one answer at all Mm -hmm. i can say that there are guidelines that we should that should govern our we Mm. We, we make this decision. I think that's a better way to answer that question. I like that. Um, so, for example, in, in the case of collaborating as a Christian, actually, and, and I, I like the fact that you made the distinction between sort of a mainstream artist who happens to be a Christian, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, I think people still say Lecrae is a Christian artist, but I think he, 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 will, he will compete. I think he sort of characterizes himself as a, as a rap artist who happens to be Christian. Right. And you right. see the Christian influences in his work. But he doesn't always come off as explicitly a Christian rapper. Like, he, like so, like for example, he collaborates with people all the time. Mm. Um, and so, that, I I think that the level of discernment that has to take place in that regard for a Christian artist, mm. um, um, and even the Cray maybe be ultimately most people in public culture think of him as a Christian rapper. But like, think of like a, a Hollywood actor, for example, who's a mainstream actor mm. not just a Christian movie who happens to be a Christian collaborating with non-Christians in that regard I think will just be that's his job right 
right. you know, yeah. we collaborate with Christmas every day. Every single day. You know, in everything we do. <laughs> so in that regard, I, I think that's, that's, you have to like just look at that in terms of, yeah, okay, that, that's just a natural thing you will do in the sphere of, now, in this collaboration, um, is he compromising, is he doing this that compromising thing? Mm. That's the question to ask. And that's the question that we ask every day in our work. Like, you know, if you're an engineer, you collaborate with them Christmas every day. If you're a business person, you collaborate with them Christmas every day. Are you doing anything that is that is compromising your integrity and your 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 testimony, your confession in mm. Christ? Right? So that the same standard that, that would govern us would govern that, you know, artist. Mm. Um, yeah. I would say in, in the case of a, a expressly Christian artist, like Tasha Cobbs is an expressly Christian artist, like she's a gospel artist. Mm. Am I right? Yeah, she is. Right. So so I would say that's a whole different thing, collaborating with someone like Nicki Minaj. Now, I actually don't know what that collaboration was, I would, but I, I would, first of all, just sort of off on the surface question that sort of collaboration, because Nicki Minaj sort of, you know, um, her whole image, her whole music, her image, the way she portrays herself in popular culture is expressly, nothing about it is, Christian, or even, you know, hey, it's expressly sexualized, it's expressly, you know, sort of combative, it's expressly other. So, for example, was it a gospel music that they collaborated in? Yeah, it was, yeah, Tasha Cobb's uh, gospel music, so she invited Nicki Minaj. Yeah, she invited her, yeah, so Mm -hmm. I I, I will question what the motive is in inviting somebody like that to collaborate on your work, because um, if expressly your 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 medium of entertainment or your medium of work is expressly sacred in terms of you are a gospel artist and you make music in terms of um, in 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 that genre. Right. I'm not sure it's really helpful um, to mm. collaborate with somebody like that. We just something that's actually antithetical to do what you're doing. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that that that's the level of discernment there that. Um, and I, even as, as I say this, I think there's a level of, you know, um, ultimately questioning what the motive is rather than just, just the act itself. Hmm. What is the aim in doing that collaboration? Yeah. Is it, you know, are you, are you actually, does Tasha Cuffs, for example, have a relationship with Nicki Minaj? Right? Are they friends? Is she, is she invested in Nicki Minaj's life in a way that, that informs and that communicates the, the truth of the gospel? Hmm. Uh, if, if, for example, if that I don't know all of this, you don't probably don't keep it on. But um, but if that if that were true, if that were true on a, on a certain level, if maybe she's she's been friends with Nicki Minaj before, and she just knows Nicki Minaj doing her own thing and crazy, but but she they they sort of maybe uh, yeah, I think they're acquaintances, and, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I would say more than acquaintances, but you know, some sort of a, a level of friendship where she can stay, you know. That she, you know, minister to 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 her and tell her about the gospel and mm. things like that. Uh, maybe that sort of collaboration will be different. Um, but ultimately, I, I mean, this is this is this probably goes to a larger issue about what Christians we what we what we Christians think of as what is Christ, expressly Christian, what mm. is expressly non-Christian. So this is not going to be a popular opinion. I'm about to say here. 
Go ahead. Right, so so a lot of what we categorize as Christian music, in my opinion, or gospel music or Christian or TCM or, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, is is just um, really, to a a really large extent, is um, only because we say Jesus in the midst of our song. Nothing about it is distinctly different than the way mm. the popular culture sort of um, sort of um, markets their own music and their own stuff. Mm. Like uh, the, the content of it is not rich, that it rich in it. it's self-focused just as much as popular culture songs are self-focused. Um, and, and that's my that's been my critique of, of popular music, of Christian, when I say popular music, I mean Christian popular music gotcha. for a long time probably even since like DC Talk which is maybe even way before your time that's like in the 90s I remember DC uh, Talk <laughs> uh, okay so, so, so like now like um, there are some Christian artists where you know I, I think are doing good job and making good music but I think as Christians we so much try to conform to the culture in a way that is it's, it's so effectively what we do is we parrot we parrot what the culture does, mm-hmm. right? Um, in our own music, and we just say it's Christian. And oftentimes, it's not to the same level of art- artistry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to the same level. It's just my, maybe sing snobbish for me. Like example, another example is probably I would say gospel music is is, is a category in itself that doesn't apply here because gospel music is in, in sort of steamed in African American music actually influenced popular mm-hmm. music. As opposed to the other way around. But a lot of, like, for example, movies, like Christian movies, I can't, most Christian movies I can't buy. I'm just yeah. like, this is horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't sit through this. This is, like, really, really bad. Like, this is bad. It's a bad movie. Um, mm. Not the content itself. Sometimes the content itself is bad too, but just the plot line, the, 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 the just, you know everything artistic about it is really bad mm-hmm. um, I, sometimes I'm more blessed by watching a certain movie that maybe has some redemptive value in it than watching like you know mm-hmm. I don't know what the God is not dead I haven't seen any of them so maybe I should I shouldn't bash it I would think but that's probably the reason why I don't want to watch those movies because oftentimes I've been burned so many times because yeah. so, most of the time it's just so bad you know uh, so that that's my critique of Christian stuff in general because I think we too much the popular culture mm. Um, mm. so th- this goes back to what we were saying in the beginning what's the difference between learning our culture learning what makes it tick learning and then speaking the truth because we know it well we know what what our culture idol you know idolizes like so for example our current culture idolizes sort of celebrity culture idolizes materialism mm. you know we're a materialist culture and through when you see some of those same idolatry and so idolizing some of those things in Christian music too and so and it's you know it, it might be um, sort of insidious and not really explicit but you see it and so in, in those regards I don't think we're doing <clears throat> we're, we're doing any service to um, to the gospel or to just even that's not a knowledge of our culture that's just sort of a, a, a concession to the culture. 
Whereas if you if you were to 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 critique the culture through your art, right? And so, for example, to be quite honest, I think there are a lot of secular artists that recognize some of those idols hmm. uh, that speak in in more prophetic terms to those idols of materialism and the culture than sometimes even Christian music does or Christian artistry does. Hmm. Um, um, so, so I, I would also say for me, ultimately, I this is something that I've, I've probably since like college. I, I don't. I so for example, that's why I don't. Know, I didn't know what Tasha Cobbs, who Tasha Cobbs was, until you sort of mentioned it. So I do know some some Christian artists. Really, I know a lot of them oh, because wow. I, I didn't know who she was at first. Mm. I don't listen. I have, I don't listen to a lot of Christian music anymore because of so and so Christian music because mm. I, I I've seen. I would rather listen to good artistry. Mm. Um, and if we happen to be so, like, so I do listen to some people like, that are that are Christians. Like, so, so in terms of in terms of hip hop, like I listen to a lot of Christian content in Darwin. That's what I what I mean by that is like Christian artists. Yeah. Because I also think hip hop sort of occupies this space where it's explicit. It's an explicit medium or, or, or sort of genre of music mm. where it's so explicit that if you if you don't have a good worldview. And you can't hide your worldview if you're if you're a, you're a pop artist, yeah. if you're a rapper. It comes true a lot, a lot of so, so if you're listening to, so I I, I do listen to some you know, uh, you know mm. artists, but but I listen to Lecrae, I listen to um, some of the you know some of the new Christian artists, but but I I I, I appreciate them because you know I think it's probably even more than like popular. Christian music like CCM, maybe some gospel, not all gospel. Um, um, they are expressly engaged in the culture. Um, they also have the fight and the tension between agreeing with the culture and disagreeing with it, or marrying the culture, or just critiquing the culture. But at least I think they're doing more of an explicit, at least fighting that tension mm. rather than just totally capitulating to it. Like I think most of popular Christian music is done. Um, that would be my large critique of Christian Christian music in general, um, mm. and like the way as Christian. I mean, this, so I, I think we're talking in the sphere of Christian music, but I wonder what how that plays out uh, mm. with Christians themselves, us Christians that engaging, you know, sort of popular culture itself. But that's all right. different, um, different dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've said so so much, so many interesting things. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I think one, um, yeah, one of the first things that um, you mentioned is you know whether in that and yeah, I think just throwing it out there, honestly, if we're talking about collaboration, we should just all know we're doing it every day. <laughs> you know, with yeah. your coworkers, um, yeah. whatever. Like we can't we can't get away you know from it on whatever level we're talking about. So, yeah, I know that um, music is, you know, somewhat, uh, quote-unquote, a level up. But I think um, one thing you really said was asking ourselves, like, are we compromising um, in this sphere? So it's not necessarily um, a yes or no, but, you know, what's our, what lens are we thinking this through? Are we Are we compromising our values? Are we compromising... Um, what we say we believe 
if we were to do this movie, if we were to sing this song, if we were to, you know, be involved in this collaboration, um, I think, well, now that I know you don't know Tasha Collins, <laughs> which is a surprise, um, but I think the other side of the argument has been, well, those that are, those that are Nicki Minaj fans um, are able yeah. to hear this gospel song, um, and isn't that, you know, drawing people to God by Tasha, you know, bringing <clears throat> Nicki Minaj onto this album. Um, it reaches out to Nicki Minaj's fan. Do you, do you agree with that? We're potentially able to reach people who wouldn't normally hear, you know, Jesus or hear about gospel music, but Nicki's on it, so they'll listen. Yeah, this, that that's true. And, and so, again, so this goes to motive for me. Mm. Um, you know, so if, because I mean, people collaborate, all, artists collaborate all the time. Right. And oftentimes they collaborate in order to make more, sell their records more, right? Mm. That's some of the impetus of doing those sort of collaboration. If you get somebody like Beyonce to collaborate with your, with your album, you're bringing a lot of our fans onto your on scene, exposing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Nicki Minaj, for example, is also a big person. So that's good for them. So I don't mean to be cynical, but I also want to be sort of realistic. So it's, it's just the motive that you just gain more, mm-hmm. you know, to make more money to sell more albums. And if that's, you know, that's already, there's already a level of susceptibility of compromise there that's already evident if that's the motive. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and I often think that's the motive, to be quite honest. I think in terms of you exposing Nicki Minaj's fan to Christian work, I'm not sure that, you know, I'm not sure it's helpful to, if you're, if you're expressly a gospel singer, um, mm. I'm not, I'm not sure that it's helpful to, to do that. Now, but that's also, I'm also coming from a position where I, I so this is not a critique of uh, Miss Cobbs at all. I, I, really have, I think she wrote that song, Break Every Chain, right? Mm-hmm. Is that her? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I do know that. <laughs> okay, that was, that was big. That was a big song. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm all so right. not here right now. Like, I'm like, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. you you your podcast listeners will be like, why is this guy on talking about this? Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. but, but I know that, I know she sang that song, right? Yeah, so, so popular. That's a huge song. Um, but, um, but ultimately, I don't know a lot of her other works. I don't know how expressly Kristen, even she is in a gospel work. Um, but I just mm-hmm. think, I think you're making, you're making a level, if Nicki Minaj is Presley, you know, sort of sexualized, racy, um, even more than most, most you know, popular you know, circular artists. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of the people that are under pushing the envelope or the the, the extreme spectrum. I'm not sure. You have to you have to think about not only your ex- the people you're trying to expose, um, you know, sort of your music to, yeah. but also what do you expo- what are you communicating? In, in your music to people um, mm. so um, and I think if you expressly Christian in your work and you really want to glorify God I'm not sure that that's really glorifying ultimately if your exposure to someone exposing you know 
bring it something like Nicki Minaj onto you. I imagine she didn't do anything racy when she did, you know, no. the collaboration. Yeah. It was like she was stripping or doing anything like that. No. I, I, I'm pretty sure that wasn't the case. She's saying about God, yeah. Yeah, she's saying about God, yeah. So, um, so, so that's, 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 that's where I'm, I think that's, that's where yeah. I think you have to be really discerning about that. Just, well, right. what are you trying to communicate to those, to the larger world about, about, you know, the, the, that, the content of what you're saying can't just be mere content in itself. Um, the, the content of what you're saying about who Jesus is in your song, Mm. must also be consistent with the way in which you live your life right mm. um, and that's why this is why you know throughout Christian history that what we say about who Jesus is important right it's not just enough to say we live as Christians but we have to proclaim him but just as important as proclaiming Christ is living our lives in conformity to that confession that we make mm. And I'm not sure that you're you you're doing a good service to the compassion that you make about what Jesus says. There is importance in the way that has shaped your life and the way you live that you value when you bring something like him and Nicki Minaj onto your, your track. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do I do think the critique is warranted. Now I don't think you know I think that's the the end all be all of everything. Um, my that's my personal and I would say also you know strongly informed by you know what I think about your the importance of what you're trying to communicate as a as a Christian artist mm. if that's informed that's the way I think about it um I think a lot of people she's not the first person to have done this I think maybe it became more sensationalized because it's someone like making it yeah, it's very popular. right Whitney Houston is a secular artist right She's done. She's done gospel music, and actually, in in black culture, you have people traversing those two lines, right? Gospel music and and R and B and soul music. It's for forever, right? Mm. Uh, I just think Nicki Minaj is is you know it's not like she brought Whitney Houston over to you know well, she's dead now, but um, mm-hmm. or someone like her. Um, she brought someone who's expressly. You know, I don't think Nicki Minaj just does anything that's done anything sort of intimating the gospel work, Christian work before. Yeah. So maybe that's why it's more, more you know, sort of more controversial. Out there, but, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with the criticism that, you know, maybe that wasn't the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. But I don't think that means we can't collaborate with non-Christians at all. Right. And, I guess, and that's, you know, what I mean by we can't uh, collaborate with not Christians, so like there are areas in which we can't collaborate with people. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is, you know, if, if there's like a special on TV, for example, mm-hmm. um, um, like a benefit or something, and you, you're saying, oh, you know, that I was all like to be Christian, um, when it's not an expressly Christian, it's not within the church context, right? right? If it's in a church context, then I would say, yeah, it's be it's not especially in that context um, I don't think there's anything wrong with those collaborations and so while I said that see someone would have argued someone could you know sort of legitimately argue that you know this album that Miss Cobbs made is not within the church context it's just you know sort of marketing so right. you know so if, if that's the rationale that she had in doing that 
mm. you know. Mm. Maybe it's okay, but when I first answer that question, I don't have a definitive answer to this. I think yeah. it has also to do with the motives and the, the intentions of the person, the people that are doing this and the, mm. doing the collaboration themselves. Yeah. I would hope that someone like uh, Tasha Cobbs, who's, who's a professed believer, when she does something like this, also does it in the way that she's not, she's explicitly Christian in the way she collaborates, like she communicates the gospel of Jesus Christ. She tells someone like Nicki Minaj, you need to know Jesus, you need to come and believe in mm-hmm. Jesus. You know, you know, your music is not unglorifying, it's, 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 it's not glorifying to God, it's, it's, it's selling the wrong message. Um, just minister the gospel to her. I, I will hope in, in our collaborations and our interact, which is, we should be the same reality for every non-Christian is the way, you know, right. we live our faith out in the public sphere. I, mm. I will hope in that collaboration she's doing that. Mm. Uh, That's so good. So. Wow. Thank you for offering that. I think, yeah, there, quote unquote, as they say, there are levels to this. <laughs> like you've spoken about like in and out of church. Um, yeah. Again, like motive, um, both on, yeah, on the person who is, initiating the collaboration um you know and how does that how well does that represent um what we believe and i think with that do you, would you say that this would immediately apply to you know an area of industry such as acting right so if someone was to yeah. say this is just yeah. this is not me this is just my character in the show yeah. or in this movie is that still something to consider or can we really just make that distinction like can you separate you know personal identity from what you are doing in a play I think you can to a certain extent um because fiction is is, is different um um it's it different from the real world there is there are some things where are sacred right there are things that are sacred that you can't totally separate hmm. but I think there's room for for artistic work that are fiction and you're just telling a story hmm. um, so the reason one of the reasons I say that is you know um, if you're an actor if you're an actor like for hmm. example and you are in a play a secular play there's violence and there's you know sort of a uh, sort of level of um, like intimacy that's involved in your acting mm. um, is that does that compromise your faith I think you you need to set a standard right and I and there, there are Christian artists that in Hollywood have, have done this mm. uh, that have said you know I will never do anything that's just nakedly or explicitly nude mm. right um, they, they they're careful about what movies they put but um, so there's a line you have to walk I think it should be like if if you are just peddling your sexuality, you know, um, if that's all you're doing and you don't work, um, um, I think I, I, I don't think that that's a good testimony to your faith as a Christian. If you're, if you're an actor, uh, I think if you're if you're in a in a movie where it's just overtly like, you know, I'm trying to think of a show that's overtly like you know, just chock full of sex and, and nothing else and it's not even like in context it's just with two widgets. Um, yeah. we- Game of Thrones 
Yeah, no, I think it was, I was going to bring up Insecure, but um, you can talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, Game of Thrones is like one of those shows that's like intuitively like just um, like it's just chock full of sex and intuitive and, and, and sex and all those things. And um, I, I would say as a Christian, like I don't know that you you can be in that that sphere, but you know, I think I think you can be an actor in a movie that. That, that shows some level of intimacy with somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's not gratuitous. You just tell it a story. And doesn't, because, you know, there are, there are traits, the, the ways in which, you know, actors act on TV, but they're not actually, you know, that doesn't show you actually, you know. Um, Engaging explicitly. Simulating, oh yeah, or doing, you know, sexual acts, but just, you know, you know, you marry, you kiss your husband, you, you, you portray all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, even pertain to characters that are not Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's fine also. Yeah, those are fictions in some ways. Um, and I, I think, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that you, you also still have to use discernment about, about sort of what kind of thing you do. And I think that at times you can even be in movies where they don't, they're not really necessarily over-sexualized, but but they just, there's no sort of redeeming value to the work of the art. It, it's just, you know, okay. sort of putrid in mm. a way. Mm. Um, you, you know, it's not always all have to be sexual or violent for it to be not maybe worth your time to engage in as a Christian. But right. one of the reasons I say this is like, if, imagine you're doing a movie about something in the Bible. Imagine you're doing a movie about the life of David. Mm. Right, that's a Christian. That's a biblical story. But you can't do that movie if you're going to be honest to the way the Bible did just actually talk about that story and recount it without making that movie rated R. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's so interesting. That's <laughs> so, true. So it's, it's not like it's not like the Bible is. You know, there's no there's no escapism in the Bible. There's no softening the reality of life. Mm. And so, whatever. So, ultimately, what I'm trying to say is that the fiction that portrays the reality of life can be can can throw all the ugly details. And so, if you if you that's your just your profession as an actor, and you're just engaging in doing that, portraying the realities of life in the, in the ugly, you know, I think I think that's fair. I think while doing that as a Christian, you should you should try to protect your own personal integrity mm. while doing that. You know. Mm. Um, Actually, in a, in, a, in, a, in a field and in a, in a marketplace that is that is full of people that are sort of sold out, not just their their skills, but even just their body and their own the whole personality to the you know hmm. to to their craft. You need to guard yourself as a Christian while you're doing that. But that doesn't mean that you can't be a, you can't be a Christian, be an actor, right. or even act in secular film. I just think, but I, I think you. If you if we do if you are a Christian, it should inform the way you do it and what what things you decide to participate in. But mm-hmm. I I don't think it's it's necessarily correct to say that the black and blue that you know Christians shouldn't be engaged in entertainment you know right. industry. Like if, if I had been talking, I did it, you know you might just say Christians shouldn't be involved in politics. Politics, politics is just right. ugly and odious. Right. And putrid. Yeah. I see. <laughs> and then maybe other professions that you can argue the Christian to be portrayed in, but um, there's so many. So that, 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 that would be my 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's so true. Like, the two are not mutually exclusive. And yeah. obviously, you know, plays, whatever we're reenacting, it's all about telling a story. Yeah. I would give a caveat because I think there's a way in which we, we tell a story mm-hmm. um, that we don't have to be ne- unnecessarily, you know, sort of, you know, for example, so I give an example of telling the story of David, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're telling the story of David and you're talking about the story, you'll have to talk about the rape of Bathsheba or, you know, yeah. Yeah. Really, what he did was he saw Bathsheba who was another man's wife. Mm-hmm. He, he, he went to tell his goons to go get her. And then he, he slept with her. Um, the Bible doesn't tell us if she acquiesced, but there's a power dynamic there that, that, sh- that shows that, you know, maybe she didn't have a choice. Um, and then you even go to more, in a, uh, even way more explicit rape of, uh, of uh, uh, David's eldest son and his daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that was an explicit rape. And you talk about the violence in that family, right? So he manipulated to kill Uriah, David himself did. Mm. His son, um, Absalom, killed his brother and then usurped the throne from his father. Like, all the violence, all the backbiting, all the... And not just the life of David, you talk about, you know, just the whole Bible, you see that. And now, now if you're making a movie about that story, um, do you... Are you... How do you do that communicating the gory details of of those scenes without being overtly gratuitous, right? Mm. Um... And I think we all know there's a line. I mean, do you think right. we can recognize it? Not even if it's Christian. Like, so that's why I, I gave an example of a, a show like Game of Thrones. Because you can show even graphic scenes without being, you know, just... But, but you show the ugliness of it without mm. sort of like showing that, oh, you know, it's making it titillating, mm. you know. Um, um, and I think there's a line, there's a line there that we, you know, that I think if we're... As, as as consumers and as, as rational people, we can we can tell the difference when something is just oh this is the glory of something, right. um, and then this is just glorifying violence or showing in the way that you get right. uh, right. You can do that with sex. You can do that with violence. And sometimes we can tell the difference between movies that do that and those that just show it in its reality, but not, are not doing it just to like you know titillate the audience. Hmm. Um, and so, so I, I think the responsibility for a Christian artist is to say, okay, even though this is my profession and I'm trying to portray something and pr- portray it well, am I, what, are, what are my motives in communicating this or, or, or you know, doing this? Mm. Either the Christian writer, movies, or artist, or director, or actor, you know, we need to, we need to ask those questions um, uh, mm. in yeah. a culture that is overly sexualized, overly, you know, gratuitous and Yeah, there's a lot of the sermon that seems to, yeah, go not even just um, into acting, but in other areas that we engage in. I think that's um, an overarching theme here. I think it takes a level of maturity. Um, Not a level, but yeah, honestly, maturity, especially. I think you're right. It is a level of maturity. Right. You're right. Discernment and maturity is they go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in, in the culture. 
um, yeah. in society, in popular culture, I think. Yeah. You know, if we're just throwing ourselves out there, like, yay, my big break, yeah. and you're not even really ready yeah. to, like we were saying earlier, even understanding <laughs> what, yeah. you know, this, what this involves, the structure, the, the ins and outs, the cutthroat. I mean, people get lost. Yeah. Um, while being involved even though they started out with a great motive maybe it's a witness yeah. in this you know in this industry in this landscape yeah. but they themselves end up just being pulled in and that's yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, I mean ultimately as I, I i really can't speak authoritatively about this issue i'm just saying like if if, if i were to be in that position you know if i'd buy somebody to be in that position mm. um because i'm not obviously <laughs> i'm not an artist yeah i've not been exposed to those but yeah. I can speak more, more sort of a terms about how, as a Christian, mm. how I consume popular culture. Mm. Right? I think that's that's the area where most of us actually are. Right. How do we consumers. consume popular culture? And I think some of the same rules apply for us. Like, I, I'm not I'm one of those people that say, you know, as a Christian, you should you shouldn't listen to anything that's not not Christian. Mm. Like, you, to make the secular sacred divide, I only listen to Christian music. I only read Christian books. I only read, like, you know, watch Christian movies and all those kind of things. Like, that, 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 if, mm. if that's all you do, like I said before, then you're not really, you're not, you're not really consuming good art. Because a lot of what just only Christian stuff is bad art. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that you just consume everything that's not, you know, out there. Right? Mm. Um, or you watch everything that's out there. Because you have to guard, the Bible tells us to guard our eyes. that's the other extreme um that we fall into which is really why like i raised <laughs> this um podcast episode um yeah. like people can think it's probably safer to just read christian books yeah. to just watch christian movies to just listen to music yeah. by christian artists like it's safer yeah. and i would be sure that you know i'm not quote-unquote um being polluted and honestly like you just said um it's there's so many things like even like uh violence or 
these different these different spheres of um industry that and it's not to say hey i'm just gonna let my guard down and you know walk and walk into these places or just read these things i'm thinking um with discernment thinking critically um as we enter yeah. these spheres but honestly they're areas that one could be more susceptible to than you know your neighbor so what that is for you for your guard like do yeah. that and do that well but i think we yeah. you, we can also fall into the temptation that oh this is where everything's gonna this is where everything's gonna be okay like as long as i don't you know move out of this um this area like i will be good but um that's probably that's not beneficial to the world we're called yeah. to reach to the world that we're called to serve so yeah. um that's, yeah, that's such an important takeaway. Hey guys, that wraps it up for the first part on this conversation on pop culture. We hope you join us on the next one. Until then, take care. Bye.